it is Thursday, September 3rd. I am Trent Reinsmith, your host, and this is the newest edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. And today's topics are, the world has changed, it's time for the UFC contracts to change along with it, why Daniel Cormier can retire and other UFC fighters have to keep fighting, Cormier, ESPN, and the UFC could all benefit by having Cormier work Olympic and maybe even NCAA wrestling broadcasts. The UFC and the Nevada State Athletic Commission might want to look at doing more than a COVID-19 test before allowing fighters who have tested positive back into the octagon. And on to the first subject. So first story tonight, talk a little bit about the Ovin St. St. Prue and Alonzo Menafield fight that is going to happen this Saturday at UFC Vegas 9. The fight was called off a couple weeks ago when St. Prue tested positive for COVID-19. And during this interview that Mike Heck from MMA Fighting did with uh, St. Prue in the lead up to this weekend's fight, St. Prue said he wasn't, and this is a quote, I wasn't compensated, but given the fight was two weeks later, that's the only thing I was happy about. Uh, was I upset a little bit? Yeah, but it was a thing where I had to, a fight two weeks later. I think about it as if it happened this week again, I'd definitely like to be compensated. And the sticking point here is the UFC has been wildly inconsistent on these things. Uh, both Manafield and St. Prue weighed in. They made weight, and the fight was called off on, I believe, fight day. And so you would think, since they made weight, they were prepared to fight, they went through the camp, all that jazz, that the, they would have got some kind of pay, at least their show money. And deserve, they, they got what they would have deserved. They would have got both uh, show and win, but we all we know the... UFC is always reluctant to pay fighters when the fights don't happen, and so uh, they didn't get paid at all because, and this is another thing the UFC does all the time, is, well, we rebook them immediately. Yeah, that's all fine and, and good, but you don't always rebook them immediately. Sometimes there's a pretty big gap, which means two camps, two weight cuts. Now, there was not two weight, two camps in this situation, but there was two weight cuts. And that's not good. It's not healthy. And so you should, the fighter should at least get something for that. And I tweeted about this tonight, and this is kind of the way the UFC operates. So if a NFL player is a starter and the coach tells him on Monday or Tuesday when practices that he's going to start that Sunday. So he goes through all the practices, does his pregame, gets ready on Sunday. He's ready to go out. Uh, after the warm-up, coach comes in and tells him, hey, you're not going to play. We, we have to change the things up because of what the other team's doing, how they're lining up. So you're not going to play. Now, if this was the UFC situation, and that guy was benched on the day of the on the day of the game he wouldn't get paid for that for that so think about how dumb that is think about how silly and how stupid 
and backward that is. Because that's what the UFC is doing. It's essentially the same. The difference is UFC fighters have nothing to back them up. NFL players have a contract that tells them, hey, this is what you get paid. And as long as you're on the team, that's what you get paid. And the NFL contract also pays players when they are injured, which again, the UFC doesn't even pretend to do that. So the, the UFC contracts, even just for, the, uh, just for the COVID situation, should change. And that's a small change, but I'm sure the, the fighters would, would be happy if somewhere in that contract, the language would change and say, if a fighter contracts COVID-19 between when the fight is signed and fight night, they will get paid, maybe not their show money even, just to make it, you know, just to be fair to the UFC. They'll get X of uh, 75% of their show money, 80% of their show money, but somewhere close to their show money. They'll get that if they contract COVID-19 and in, in, that, in that period. And then you can do another thing, as, uh, and this should be in the contracts now because it's so random and so uh, they just do what they want. If you make weight, you get all of your show money. Put that in the contracts. The UFC has already budgeted that money. It's budgeted, it's spent, it's off the books. There's no reason other than keeping the fighters under their thumb to have these guys not get paid. It's just a terrible way to do business and it keeps the fighter paid down and it keeps the fighters quote unquote hungry. But what it really does is keep the fighters tied to the UFC and thankful to the UFC when they extend them the opportunity to make a paycheck. It's, uh, it's gross, it's slimy, it's backwards and it's no way to treat a professional athlete even uh, a professional athlete who is just starting in the UFC shouldn't be treated this way. No professional athlete should have to hope they get paid for the work they did. And the work is the training. And this is something that Chuck Liddell said. I, I looked this up. I knew someone had said it. The training to the fight is the work. The fight's the reward. That 6 to 12 weeks you're getting ready, that's the work. That 15 to 25 minutes you're in the cage, that's the reward. You get paid for the work. At least that's how it should be. But in the UFC's mind, you're not working until you're making them money in the cage. It's backwards. It's stupid. The contracts need to change. The pay idea has to change. There's a lot of things that have to change. But this would be a simple one. And the UFC could do this. And the fighters would thank them for it even though the money's already technically spent and off the books. So it's just a minor thing for the UFC. But yet, they, ref they refuse to do it. It may seem like I'm picking on Daniel Cormier a little bit these days, and, and maybe I am, but I don't think he doesn't deserve it somewhat because of his comments about um, how he's backs the UFC because they gave him some big bonuses, um, which bought his compliance and bought his silence. 
when other fighters have expressed the fact that they are underpaid and and that's and and yeah Cormier does deserve to be uh subjected to some uh, abuse for for that because he's not a member well now he's a member of the UFC um payroll but he was a fighter and labor should stick together and see through management's desire to keep them separated that million dollars that the UFC gave UFC gave Cormier was one of the things that keeps labor separated so if you give every you know one in 100 fighters that million dollars so you're giving out 5 million to keep the other to keep those five guys to keep their mouth shut now the other 500 and some they're out of luck and they're not going to see that million dollar bonus but that's that's 5 million dollars well spent if you if you can if you can keep the uh, all the other fighters from organizing but anyway the, um I, and i think this was brought up i think on the uh weighing in podcast with Josh Thompson and John McCarthy and what was said was some i well i don't know if this was said but i got the idea from listening to that that podcast is that bonus is also why Daniel Cormier is one of the reasons, probably one of the big reasons, that Daniel Cormier can retire when he wants to. And other fighters like Robbie Lawler, um, like Anthony Smith, they can't because they haven't made that retirement money. They haven't made that money that's going to keep them from having to fight until it's something unsafe and unhealthy, which I think many fighters have already reached that point. And we're going to see more big-name fighters reaching that point. And I think we already have started to see that, where they have to fight. I, I know I talked about this the other day, but I just want to reiterate, the UFC is keeping these guys fighting amongst themselves for, for money by handing out random bonuses and keeping certain fighters complacent and compliant and on their side. And that hurts that hurts everybody. It even hurts those guys that get the bonus because they're still not getting what they deserve. So while Cormier, his mind is clouded by that million, he still didn't get what he deserved from the UFC. And guys like Lawler, um, a guy like Rory McDonald who took all kinds of abuse, there's just tons of other fighters who just got the shaft because the UFC handed out these these bonuses to to buy other fighters off, and it just doesn't sit well. And I hope one day soon that this this changes. Uh, also, listening to the weighing in podcast, this came to mind, and then this is a positive for Daniel Cormier. And I didn't even think of this, but I think this is going to work out very well for uh, Cormier for ESPN and for USA Wrestling. Uh, McCarthy and Thompson said that they think that ESPN will use Cormier to cover Olympic wrestling. And it's, it's something that Jeff Blatnick did back in the day. But Blatnick did, did, while he was a good wrestler and he covered wrestling well, he didn't have the personality of Cormier. And he was more cut, more dry but like I said, he did it well, and people respected him. But I think with Cormier's, um, he's got a bigger, a bigger uh, 
platform than than Blatnik had. And so more people know Daniel Cormier. More people are excited by seeing Daniel Cormier and listening to Daniel Cormier. And his personality is much more outgoing than Blatnik's was. And with that, I think that you're going to see a lot of people follow Cormier to the Olympic wrestling coverage, people that maybe hadn't done so before. And I think you'll also have uh, the UFC helping to promote the Olympic wrestling on ESPN because it's a partnership. And so I think this is a very good thing that, that you know I didn't even think about. And I want to thank uh, Thompson and McCarthy for bringing it up um, because Cormier is a perfect fit for that. And he can do this for years and years and years. And I don't know the NCA's coverage and how they have different TV models for for the wrestling squads on on an NCAA level. But even even if he just covers national championships, that would be a big win. But if you could get big matches during the week um, on ESPN and have Cormier do that, I think that helps wrestling enormously. And uh, if you get Cormier. And uh, to do Penn State matches with um, Kale coaching there, that's a that's a, there's another win because you know of uh, the history between them. So this is a positive for Daniel Cormier, ESPN, and the UFC and USA Wrestling, and maybe NCAA Wrestling. It's it's uh, Cormier if he's not going to be used for that, if they're not thinking about that, and then they should because. I think he would really, really help out there um, and really bring the coverage up and get more people tuning in that don't normally tune into uh, to wrestling. So there was a report the other day from a Penn State doctor who reported some bad numbers about myocarditis in Big Ten football players. Um, I think he got something mixed up in a conversation he had with a colleague, but he said that 30 to 35% of the Big Ten athletes who had been tested for COVID-19 also had myocarditis, which is an inflammation of the heart. Turns out that that number was more than is going to be on that final report, but that doesn't mean that the athletes aren't aren't testing positive for myocarditis because we know they are. And the, the thing I want to know is, I already know because I asked the Nevada State Athletic Commission if they were going to test cardiac tests uh, for myocarditis when this first came up uh, about a month or so ago or a little earlier than that. And they said, no, they were just going to stick with what they were doing until the, there was changes on how to test and how to um, figure out what, what the situation was with COVID-19. So they're aware of it, but they weren't going to change until a bigger something was uh, mandated. I, I kind of got the, uh, the idea, the opinion that that was what they were going to do, which is fine. I don't agree with it, but that's their decision. But back then when this was first came out, not that many UFC fighters had tested positive for COVID-19. And now it seems like the numbers keep increasing and I don't know what the UFC is doing to make sure that these folks are clean of COVID-19 when they come back, but they're coming back very quickly after testing positive, within a couple weeks, some of them. And that's kind of scary because we still don't know what the long-term effects of 
COVID-19 are on, on these folks. And if we're only doing a, if the UFC and the Nevada State Athletic Commission are only doing an additional COVID-19 test on these folks, and then if that test comes back negative, they're allowing them to fight, I just don't think that's enough. If, if, you, if they do have myocarditis, then that could cause some long-term, that could cause some big issues. It could have a, their heart beat could be, go into an arrhythmia, and then we, we got a problem, a potential problem. And if they do have myocarditis, the, the solution is rest, three to six months, and it usually clears itself up according to the studies. So it's not like they'll never fight again. So maybe on the safe side, you just keep them out for three months and then see what test, test, and then pay them for the scheduled fight. And this again leads to the stipend. But I just don't think a, a clean COVID test should be sufficient to let another to let a fighter step into the octagon when we don't know what the long-term repercussions of COVID-19 are to the body. We don't know that because we haven't tested it, because we haven't had a long-term situation here yet. It's not even a year since the first positive test. So there's a lot we don't know. And if someone from the UFC finds out two, three years down the road and they're no longer with the UFC, that they have a long-term health condition, what's going to happen? Is the UFC going to be liable for that? Probably not because these guys are independent contractors and I don't know what kind of deal the UFC is having these fighters sign um, to allow them to fight during this time. Maybe there's a waiver that they have to sign and that waiver could keep the UFC from being sued. I wouldn't put it past the UFC, not at all. So I, I really hope that something changes with this testing and I just, I just don't trust a, a clean COVID-19 test to allow someone to get back into the octagon. If someone has a concussion or gets knocked out, you'll do more than a general physical on them to let them back in, I hope. I mean, should. If someone breaks their arm, you just don't say six months and you can fight. You check that arm. With the COVID-19 positive test, you're just checking another COVID-19 positive te- negative test and trying to think and then saying, okay, you're good. But you don't know. No one knows. And we do know that myocarditis can happen. And so Dana White and the UFC like to say they go above and beyond. But if we know, a myo- if we know myocarditis can happen, then I don't think that testing for that after a positive COVID-19 test is going above and beyond, I think that's just meeting the standard. And then the UFC is not meeting the standard and Nevada is not meeting the standard. I'd like to see that. Um, Because as much as we know the damage that professional fighting can do to the brain, to the body, we should also care what what COVID-19 can do to the heart and the body and the cardiovascular system. And I don't think people are taking that part seriously. And shit, we know Dana White didn't even take the whole COVID-19 thing seriously. And maybe he still doesn't. 
And maybe that's why, because if the boss isn't leading, then no one's gonna, then there's no one to follow down the right path. So if the UFC wants us to believe it's going above and beyond, then it should go above and beyond and don't just require a clean COVID-19 test to allow someone who tested positive for COVID-19 to get back into the cage. And on that note, that'll be the end of the podcast for tonight. Until next time, everybody stay safe.